thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays. I'm here with Dr. Jones, and we have a special guest today for a special free-for-all Friday. We have Josh King. Glad to Welcome. be with you guys. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Probably a year. Yeah. The last time we had you on, we were discussing church membership. I think so. so. we were talking hmm. about was it church membership we did that or did we do church discipline as well? I can't I think remember. We did both. Yeah, we did. We did yeah, both. Huh? So. All right. Awesome. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Yep. Uh, Going to interview you about your sermon, and um, I forgot to tell people last time the conference sermons are actually online now, mm-hmm. just an audio version only. Christ-centered.church, um, and it's the Trinity Conference, and you did um, communing. With the Triune God, mm-hmm. it was a great sermon. I encourage everybody to go listen to that sermon. But we're going to talk about that today. But before we do, it is Free for All Friday, so hey. we can't just be serious on here, can we? <laughs> we can't just jump right into stuff. Yeah. Um, so what kind of a what kind of a nonsense did you bring us today, George? I know you have something. Uh, well, you know, I I take I take great pride in in uh, having gone to the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Mm-hmm. You know, you've gone to Midwestern, and then you went over to Masters. Mm-hmm. Josh, where'd you go to school? The, the the Masters, the Masters, named after Jesus. So I think that one wins. <laughs> yeah, can't can't get a better name than that, right? I always thought the master was John MacArthur, but uh, thanks wrong, for thanks wrong for... one. You got the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, wrong one. Uh, well, um, ran across this uh, this little promo from. Union Theological Seminary. Yeah. And I thought, you know, maybe there's some people listening that they're thinking, I'd like to go to seminary. I just want to give this as an option. I live I live in New York. Yeah. Well, Union's not too far. It's yeah. in New York, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I'd play this little promo from one of their professors. He's, <laughs> he's advertising one of his classes that he's going to be giving at Union. Uh, and, uh, you know, Maybe encourage people that where you go to seminary matters. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right, here it is. One of the things that we will do in this class is to think and feel with other species, with the trees, with the soil, with the rivers. And also, <laughs> how do we connect with those other species in our communities and create ritual to honor them? So join us to reimagine the work of justice. I've got a I've got a ritual I do every uh, <laughs> yeah right over there Josh every <laughs> <laughs> you got to you've got to get in touch with we're, we're going to learn uh, about the trees <laughs> he's he's dressed like a pimp he is, yeah, <laughs> I don't know yeah. what's going on here <laughs> yeah for those for those listening who didn't see the video it's worth watching the beginning of this the only thing he's pimp. missing is a big is a big feather yeah <laughs> there's Bob Dylan in there and yeah. a hippie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have rituals to you. You got to connect with the species around George. George, I have a blood ritual that I do every summer. What? Yeah, I connect intimately with the mosquito. Oh yeah, every summer we learn about our union with the mosquitoes. Right. The- <laughs> these people are these people are insane. Well, you have to uh, you have to apply by December first for the twenty twenty three twenty four academic I can, year. So uh, maybe I could get on, make get money. on that. <laughs> maybe I can make money teaching them. They could fly me out. Mm. I could teach them how we get in touch with the the species around here. Mm-hmm. Mosquitoes. I could do buffalo. Mm. Uh, you know the unique species that we have yeah. that New Yorkers might not. The encounter. allergies. Yeah. The allergies that we. I think you need to bring them out. Yeah, or hands-on experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. yeah, yeah. Take them out in the refuge. Do you have a Do you have a coat like this, Jay? I need to I need to look into getting one of those. You do. You need one actually. <laughs> <laughs> that that might keep you warm. <laughs> yeah. What would you do if I rolled in with <laughs> a coat like you that? You know what? In the future, I think we do a Halloween episode in costume. You know, we just come in in the greatest hits. Yeah. Uh, costumes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got a video too. Yeah, you sent me a video. It's Christmas time. Uh-huh. And everybody, you know, they usually have something special planned at Christmas. But except for maybe not this year because 
people are canceling. Yeah, they're canceling yeah. worship service. Well, it's Jay. It's on a Sunday, man. Yeah, yeah. It's on a Sunday. But they'll do a, they'll do a Saturday service. They're okay with that. Just canceling. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. But you know we are always looking to find ideas. Yes. So here's some here's some good stuff that we have maybe for the worship team. Uh huh. We'll see if they can uh, brainstorm a way to make this, this is happen. Uh, this is from Plano, Texas. This mm. is uh, what is that big mega church there? Prestonwood. Is that is that the one? Oh, I have on. no idea. Come on, Josh. You Who is it? Who's who's pastor there? I have no idea. Mm. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty sure it's it's Prestonwood. All right. You ready? Okay. To, you ready to see this? Let's see it. All right. <laughs> it's rehearsals. You've got the drummers flying overhead for those listening. Why is it not loud? There we go. Here he comes, the drummer. <laughs> it looks like something you would see at Vegas. Yeah. You got anything planned out like that? No. Uh, just, just gonna do the old, the old normal, huh? The old preaching, regulative principle. Uh, Philip's gonna preach. I wonder if he's got anything special up his sleeve for Christmas. I saw him. Uh, I saw him trying on a red, a red coat. And... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, George, you, you it's kind of a letdown. After it's a that. good joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good joke, George, but we know someone someone this oh, yeah, Sunday. So, oh, oh, some pastor oh, yeah. is gonna is gonna come out in a Santa Claus outfit oh, yeah, and he's gonna yeah. say, It's children's church time. <laughs> have all the children come up. You ever seen how they do that? And they yeah. have like a little mini sermon for the children. Oh, Here, oh, ca- count on it. There will be churches that Santa makes a visit on on Christmas Sunday. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Hmm. Without a doubt. Yeah. We should bring in the maybe it's a good thing that a lot of them aren't having Sunday. (laughs) Yeah, the ones that the ones that are canceling probably should cancel. (laughs) Maybe we should get we could get Larry to play the original Saint Nick. Oh yeah. And he can mock punch Dave. Who gets to play play Arius? (laughs) Yeah. We're gonna have to play a we're gonna have to play we're gonna have to play a little history history video, uh, one of these free for alls before Christmas about Nicholas. Yeah, we will. Yeah, Evangeline. You know, we never, we have never, we've. If the kids are listening, I don't, I don't know what you guys do with your kids, so you might earmuff them. For uh, Jay, you is, don't don't act like you haven't from the pulpit <laughs> on a Sunday morning said that Santa's not real. <laughs> you've, already, <laughs> you've already dropped that bomb, <laughs> right? So you know, Evangeline has never grown up knowing about Santa Claus, but she's older now, so she's able to pull mm-hmm. stuff from the culture. So she asks in the car, "Is Santa Claus real?" And Drake's like, "Yeah, he's real." And I'm like Drake. He got no. He's he was a real person, and so you know. Then she started <laughs> right. to hear about the real, yeah. the the real one. Uh-huh. I just thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah. Who was a Trinitarian? Was a Trinitarian. I'm always trying mm-hmm. to find these little these little, good, these little these little ways to transition. Yeah. I, good transition. I gotta yeah. I gotta be I gotta be on the lookout or yeah. or who knows where Jay will go. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Nicholas, he he was a uh, he was a Trinitarian. He was yeah. uh, he was probably at the Council of Nicaea. Uh huh. Yeah. Right? Well, that's where the punching occurred. No. Well, you really Isn't hope it? it's true, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> hands down, my favorite church history story. Yeah. If I were to find that it wasn't true, I'd I'd uh, I'd be inconsolable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was down to settle that by trial by combat. <laughs> That's far worse than learning as a kid that Santa Claus isn't real. Like Saint Nick wasn't. Yeah. He didn't punch heretics. <laughs> we'll settle this the old ways. Yeah, send out your best. Saint Nick comes out, stumping his chest. <laughs> Bring him out. He's got some coals in his gloves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, where <laughs> I had a good transition. <laughs> he, he's defending the doctrine of the Trinity yeah. with great passion, right? Like Josh was in his sermon. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, let's jump into the sermon. 
So your text comes from the end of Ephesians. Corinthians. Oh, <laughs> my bad. My bad. It's been a while. How many weeks ago was this? He was. I believe in the nursery hey. at this point. You had. You let me sit over here. You see my Bible open. To I'm just waiting. Yeah, I wasn't even in there. I wasn't even in there when you preached it, but I heard it was awesome, and I did actually listen to it though after. So, end of Corinthians. Yeah. There we go. Second Corinthians. Yes. Second Corinthians. All right. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me what your text is so I can get to it. Why don't you just tell me what it is? <laughs> what, what verse would you like it? To tell me, tell it to me from now. All right, here we go. Second Corinthians thirteen eleven through fourteen. Finally, brothers, rejoice, aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you, and then the real focus of the the sermon. Mm-hmm. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. There you go. So we had, leading up to this point, George <laughs> did Trinity in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And Gunderson did uh, Economic Trinity, how God works in history. Then I did Imminent Trinity, and that's who God is in himself. And yours was a, a really good one because yours was focused really heavily in personal application. Not that the others aren't mm-hmm. applicable. They are. Mm-hmm. But this one was like laser-focused on application. Kind of tell us what your thesis and aim was of the sermon. Yeah, so I opened up by saying something to the effect of, I want them to know something they already know, that they might know it more and more. They're, the, the Christian life is experientially Trinitarian, and it's, uh, I think somewhere in the conference, it was just a conversation we had. It might have been when we prayed before it. But you talked about how, uh, I think you may have said it in your introduction as well, when you begin thinking in Trinitarian terms, you brought it out as well. It, yeah, really clear in your sermon. When you begin thinking in Trinitarian terms, there's a richness that just starts to unfold from the Scriptures. Um, yeah, it's like I, I equated it to like when I discovered the doctrines of yes. grace, yes. and then I read the Bible again, and I was like, whoa. And then, But then when you begin to understand the Trinity more, then mm-hmm. you read the Bible again. It's like the same type of experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then to draw out <clears throat> that it's experientially, it's something you, you need to be aware of this, uh, that, that your, your life in Christ, your life with God as a saint, as his child, is robustly, richly Trinitarian. And there's a deeper kind of more profound communion, fellowship that you have when you recognize this. I think that's um, that's a really good um, emphasis because we uh, we think about the, the Reformation and the Reformers, they, they viewed what they were doing as, as recovering mm-hmm. Trinitarian theology, yes. which will surprise us because the Roman Catholic Church um, they affirm all of the historic creeds, including Nicaea, mm-hmm. um, and they would say one God, three persons. Mm-hmm. But they have theologians from their their history that yeah. were staunchly Trinitarian. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the reformers they were trying to get at the fact that it's not just this abstract idea; it actually has yeah. massive experiential implications mm-hmm. like the the trinity and, and i think this is this is true today a, a lot of christians they grow up hearing about the trinity and it's it's just this formula that you learn and uh, you, you have no idea what what that means mm-hmm. why is it important why couldn't i just go to um you know a oneness pentecostal church and, and like what what's the difference mm-hmm. you know what do i lose right right um so i think that it was it was good to have that emphasis on this is this is something that actually affects your life it already does whether mm-hmm. you understand it or not it it already does if you're a christian mm-hmm. um but to to be aware of it to be conscious of it um brings out the the richness Mm-hmm. So I, I like that emphasis. I found it really striking. Uh, Philip Edgecombe Humes. I don't know if you've read Philip 
Hughes's commentary on Hebrews. Mm. Uh, he was a contemporary of, of Lloyd-Jones. He was a friend of Lloyd-Jones. And I, I thought this was really striking. He says, in the New Testament, the teaching of a Trinitarian distinction within the Godhead is primarily practical in its impact. And that's one of those things you start to read back through, and it's, uh, it's one pe- reason why people stumble over where's the Trinity in the Scriptures is because it's not discussed as a just a doctrine, just as a esoteric kind of thing for you to think on. It's always in these kind of practical terms. Mm-hmm. And when you realize that, it's just pervasive. It's throughout. It's always presented in this kind of experiential way, having to deal with our salvation in particular, that it comes to its fullest light uh, and and understanding. Mm. So, yeah, it's in, it's incredibly practical. And, and I think one way you see it in the text is whenever you back up and you see all these commands about life within the body, rejoice, aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. So there's a communion that's supposed to happen within the body, and when that's functioning, there's a communion you have with God. Mm. And then he leaps immediately from that into this Trinitarian communion. So uh, it's as... The Trinity is as practical as your relations in the church, mm. functioning healthy. A lot of people don't really think about their relationships in the church either. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. mm-hmm. Sneak in, sneak out. <laughs> don't worry about all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of a lot of people when they when they're looking to find a church, they're looking maybe maybe they are looking for good teaching and in, in theology and maybe even expositional preaching. Um, but a lot of times that can be like the primary, which is good to have it be a primary, but another primary would have to be the membership, mm-hmm. which we had talked about before. Yeah. So if you if you aren't actually in communion with people, um, but you're a member of a church, we've created, I think, in the West this weird thing, right? So you'll take... The Lord's Supper, which is communion with people you don't even mm-hmm. know, yeah. mm-hmm. but you're members of the same congregation, and you're with each other on Sunday, but that is the extent of it. Mm-hmm. So there's not the communion is superficial. Mm-hmm. So if the communion in that sense is superficial, then you can make the connection to how the sh- there would be a shallow connection. Mm-hmm. Not saying there's not one; they're not Christians, but there is a shallow connection where there's something. Much greater to be to be had, mm. but your argument, as you started, was good because you said, "Look, how can you, you can't have the other one, you can't have this one without the other. They're together." Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. Yeah, so to go to First Corinthians, <clears throat> yeah, and <laughs> chapter eleven, where he talks about there are divisions in the body, mm-hmm. and thus it's not the Lord's Supper that you take. Mm-hmm. There's no union in the body. There's no communion with God. Yeah. Wow. Is there anything about that in Ephesians? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there is somewhere. <laughs> All right, so let's uh let's let's jump into the the mm. the heart of it which is verse 14. Mm-hmm. Right? Um we are to commune with God as Trinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not what's what's striking is it's not only that you're ha- to have a distinct communion with the Son, with the Father, with the Spirit, but you're to have a distinct communion with them in a distinct way. Mm. It's the grace mm. of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Um, and while there is a sense in which we could talk about those being interchangeable, there's a real reason why Paul emphasized those in particular. <laughs> Concerning those persons, yeah, I, 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 I appreciate you doing that because I, this is why I prefer word for word translations mm. instead of thought for thought, mm-hmm. um, because the words that are chosen are important. Um, like you, you're you said in the in the sermon that, that Paul is not just randomly ascribing. Mm-hmm grace to Jesus and love to the Father and, and fellowship to the Holy Spirit. There's actually a, a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's just worth emphasizing the fact that we need to pay attention to the actual words that are being used. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we can we can miss the we can miss the forest for the trees. We can mm-hmm. miss the if we if we're just you know taking words out of context. We can miss the overall message, but we also can miss what's going on with the individual words if we're we're so focused on the the big picture that we miss what is actually being said here. Um, so I I think that we we need to. Um, just pay attention to the grammar of of the scriptures yeah. and the words that are used are not accidental they're they're intentionally put there for a reason yeah and so that's what you're doing with this verse is you're you're drawing out okay why why these words and why this order yes yeah so the grace of the lord jesus christ the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with you all my best uh, explanation for why you begin with the sun. I mean, that, that's a, that is striking as you begin mm-hmm. to just mull this text over. Why begin with the sun? Is Paul's not only experiential in his aim, be with you, he's experiential in his ordering. So the way by which we first come to know the Spirit's operation in our lives is as the word of Christ is preached. Uh so you may be aware I'm being convicted, God's doing something, and you, you don't really have all the intellectual explanation for what's happening, but you know that that's all happening through the Word of Christ. And the way in which you know the love of the Father is in the proclamation of Christ. And so experientially, you begin with the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, true communion with God in that moment of our conversion, regeneration, begins with the heralding of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so um, what's what's peculiar about uh, each of these, I think back up as we're, we're unpacking these, uh, and, and helping to understand them, John Owen wrote the classic work on communion with the triune God. And he has some very striking phrases that unpack each one of those words I think it's really helpful. You begin looking at each one of these, and once you, it's it's that same kind of thing. It begins to unlock so many other things. You start to see it everywhere. So he talks about we have communion with the Son by way of a purchased treasury, and with the Father by way of an original authority, and with the Holy Spirit by way of immediate efficacy. Now, we don't need to unpack all those yet, but I think as we go along, the sense that Owen is using there really helps you understand it. But as far as just the sun, a purchased treasury, why, why does Paul single out grace in relation to the sun whenever in almost all his letters he opens them up speaking of grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ? Why grace in particular here? Mm. And I think the one passage that just <clears throat> makes it crystal clear is if. Ephesians. Oh, uh, mm. there, there you go. <laughs> Ephesians 1, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And then again and again throughout the remainder of that long sentence, mm-hmm. in Him, in Him, in Him, every spiritual blessing we enjoy is in the purchased treasury, the, the treasury that Christ attained by His blood. All that grace is found in Christ. And where, where it gets... Another thing Owen says that's helpful in understanding all this is that uh, there's this communion is a distinct receiving that we have in regards to each person of the Trinity. What we're receiving from Christ in particular that's highlighted is this grace. How do you commune? We, we try to get so mystical, so weird in thinking about this, I think. How do you commune with Christ? Well, you're reading His Word, and you realize, I'm a sinner. Christ is my righteousness. And as you simply believe this truth, there's a communion with Christ Mm. happening Mm. in that moment. Right. Yeah. You mean you don't have to go out to the top of Mount Scott and sit and and look at the sunrise. Don't have to become one with nature. and You don't have to go to Union Seminary. and Which... It's interesting, right? Communion, mm-hmm. the Lord's Supper, and this is the focus. Mm-hmm. And and this is a way that we're able to, like you said, as we read the Scriptures and we focus on that He is our righteousness, we do this in the Supper, and, and that remembrance, and that becomes a means 
of that communion with Christ and uh, receiving grace. Yeah. Uh, you just you just do it in every area. I need wisdom. He was made wisdom unto us. I, I need strength. Well, yes, it's the Holy Spirit who strengthens, but out of what treasury does the Holy Spirit come and minister to that grace that grace to us? Christ. It's all out of this purchased treasury. I'm reading. Uh, I'm I'm reading simply Trinity, mm-hmm. right? um, and uh, he's talking about um, the divinity of the Son, and how he has to be of the same essence with mm-hmm. the Father in order for all of these benefits mm-hmm. um, to be applied to us. If he was anything less than fully God, he would not be able to um, apply uh, win all of these these mm-hmm. treasures. For us, so that that just helps bolster who he is, um, and what he has won for his people, and that just again just magnifies his grace all the more when when you start to meditate upon the things that um, who he is, um, what he did <laughs> to to win this for us, and then the the you know just all of these spiritual blessings. Are through him. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it this this should result in praise, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like if if this doesn't move you to worship, then something has gone wrong further back, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, something's not right. Yeah, that that just just contemplating the riches richness of this, every spiritual blessing, everything I need, mm. it's Christ has purchased it, mm. and it's there. That there's this invitation. You have it here. He wants this to be with us. It's not something distant. You're to enjoy this. Yeah, yeah we don't one of the one of the issues though, maybe, is the lack of contemplation. We're always doing things. Oh yeah. I'm I'm reading, I'm studying, I'm reading a book on theology, um, listening to music. We don't often, you know, read scripture mm-hmm. and then Sit and contemplate it for yeah. like you know alone for a while. Yeah, um, that's kind of a lost uh, discipline, I guess you would say. How how much of your sermon prep was just you staring at a wall, contemplating this this, this verse? <laughs> I didn't look at a wall. Oh, okay. yeah, right. yeah, but yes, just looking at the text mm-hmm. again and again. Yeah. I I um. I think one of the best places, though, that unpacked it, uh, God has given his church uh, teachers and shepherds. And so uh, Owen was... Uh, I first read Communion with the Triune God in 2009, and I, I remember it just being um, powerful, rich, good for me, and exponentially more as I revisited it thinking of this conference. And this was one of the places where it's Owen is hard to read, but you will come to yeah. places. You come to places, and you're just like that was worth it. Mm. That that <laughs> that made all the labor worth it. And this was one of them as un- unpacking this. He says they continually the saints they continually eye the Lord Jesus as the great Joseph that hath the disposal of all the granaries of the kingdom of heaven committed unto him, as one in whom hath pleased the Father to gather all things unto a head, that from him all things might be dispensed unto them, all treasures, all fullness, the spirit not by measure are in him. Mm. So in the same way that those needy souls came to Joseph, we need grain, we need bread, Christ, Christ is that true and greater Joseph, all the treasuries mm. of heaven mm-hmm. are in him. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you went to... you. Uh, you reference Romans eight thirty two in the mm-hmm. in the sermon that um, God has given him up for us all. How much more will He, along with Him, give us all things? Right? He's God has God has already given us Himself. He's mm-hmm. already given us Himself as His only begotten Son. He's given. Um, what what? Could he possibly hold back <laughs> from the saints? Uh, he's not. He's not going to be stingy. He's already given. Mm-hmm. He's already given uh, this infinite treasure, 
uh, how how much more will he give us yeah. everything that he gave Christ mm-hmm. to win for us? Right. The treasury is not under lock and key. Right. It's yeah. it's flung open to you in mm-hmm. Christ. And and you just made the great you good transition there. Oh yeah yeah. Well yeah, well, <laughs> yeah and this will you know as you're trying to segue, but think about the the application of it to those who continually struggle with um, with persevering and wondering if. Mm. If they are, if they if they're saved, like they if they sin, they fall into sin. If they're saved, if God's given this for you, if He's given the very best of all that He has, mm-hmm. um, He'll give you all things. But would He not bring to completion that which was purchased for you by Christ? And what is Christ extending and offering? Mm-hmm. If He if Christ is offering Himself all through the Gospels as He does, and He's offering an eternal life, I don't see how we can ever doubt. That it's not actual eternal life, and yet mm. somehow that's the place that we go. Why did we mm. default there? I th- I think it's because the where we're looking shifts. Yeah. Instead of continuing to look here at Christ and and the, and the grace which He mediates to us and what He's purchased for us, we start to look at ourselves, mm-hmm. and we sometimes can think, well, that's. That's okay to, to think, well, I'm, I'm not worthy of this, but in a way it becomes prideful. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a strange flip of the coin where you think that you could somehow merit what Christ has done, mm-hmm. and then it's not grace anymore, yeah. and you've made it something else. Yeah. And that's it's just not a, that's it, the place we go, though. It's not a purchase treasury anymore. Right. You're trying to... To earn it, yes. Yeah. I uh, providentially, <laughs> this came across my Facebook memories from three years ago. This is from Alexander McLaren. He says, "We may have as much of God as we will. Christ puts the key of the treasure chamber into our hand and bids us take all that we want. Mm-hmm. If a man is admitted into the bullion vault of a bank and told to help himself and comes out with one cent, whose fault is it that he is poor?" <laughs> that's that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And we we have everything in Christ. That's I really like that. Yeah. We, we have everything in Christ. That's really good. And um, it's our own fault and our unbelief that we don't we don't take it. Yeah, take it. And the, the, I mean, just how beautiful this communion is just laid out in front of us uh-huh. by our God. Partake of it. Come. That's that's the reason why uh, communion is such a dear picture, isn't it? This table is open. Mm. Uh, you can't hold on to your sin. And right. grasp the bread, but mm-hmm. for any repentant right. sinner coming with you are mm. a sinner. There's this feast. Yeah, um, we could think of uh, the story of of uh, David wanting to show kindness to uh, to Jonathan's descendants. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody that I can show kindness to? And there's Mephibosheth, this um, this man who's he's he's crippled. Mm-hmm. Um, he's and he is one of the last descendants of. You know the, the the king who 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 died, who's been supplanted by David, and David invites him to eat at his table, mm-hmm. and uh, it would be foolish for Mephibosheth to say, "Nah, <laughs> I'm not going to come." Mm-hmm. David David opens up, he opens up everything for uh, for Mephibosheth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to go back, link those two thoughts. You have to be needy mm. to commune with Christ. Yeah. You recognize your need, and you come to him. There's a treasury. There's a feast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, um, we we move from the grace of the Lord Jesus to the love of God, mm-hmm. and Paul means the Father. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, what? Why? Why? Why does he pick love? By uh, so Owen's words again. By way of original authority, uh, we have communion with the Father by way of original authority, mm-hmm. and to see, there's a lot of people that have hiccups in thinking about the Father because He is Father, mm-hmm. authority. Right. But to see how authority is portrayed and how, by way of original authority, uh, the, the it's it's just the clearest text on the matter for God, the Father, again so loved Mm -hmm. the world that he gave his only begotten Mm. son. Mm -hmm. And so 
it's by way of the Father, by means of original authority, it proceeds from the Father. Uh, his love gives this Son. And so what's this was probably one of the most heartwarming meditations I had was thinking on this and recognizing how brilliant our enemy is in that in in all of these, I think if there's one of them we're especially prone to to doubt, it's the love of our Father. Mm-hmm. I mean, how often is that attack right there? Right. In the midst of, like, whenever we're, will I persevere? I've fallen again. Uh, does God really love me? Well, I, th- I think that there's just this disconnect between um, the old, the God of the Old Testament, the yes. God of the New Testament, the God of, I mean, you, you hear it from liberals all the time. Mm-hmm. The God of the Old Testament is wrath and um, destruction and cursing and killing and here comes Jesus and he, you know <laughs> he's he's you know nice and gentle and and humble and loving and and it's like this contrast between the two yeah. uh, which is um, a confusion of the Trinity mm. the, the same God of the New Testament is the God of the Old Testament uh, we talked about this you yeah. know the, the angel of the Lord um, being the second person of the Trinity and the things that he does are not always <laughs> gentle and <laughs> and loving as he calls down fire uh, on Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> um, but I, I think that a lot of people, they subtly buy into this idea that um, God in the Old Testament is, is just angry all the time and Jesus has to come and appease this angry God. Mm. Um, so there's this conflict and Jesus is, um, he's not really sent from the father cause the father is angry. Mm. Um, he comes kind of the plead <laughs> for yeah. the father to stop being so angry. Right? Yeah. Just how unorthodox that well, is. You've got two wills in God. Uh, at that right, point. right. 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 Yeah. And also I think a perversion of love, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right. Um, who, who would not be angry? Uh, what kind of love could never be angry? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if someone were harming one of your children in front of you and you were to not be angry and like become wrath embodied, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, well, we would think something is wrong with you. Do you not love? Do you love? Do you have real love? Mm-hmm. What is this that you say? Um, so there's a problem with even with that, yeah, that, that I, we I, have a perversion of the, what we think love always looks right. like. Right, and where where do we see God's anger at sin the most? It's in Christ. It's it's in the death of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, he he hates sin so completely that the only way that sin can be atoned for is by His Son. Mm-hmm. If there was some, you know, if there was some other way. <laughs> God would have done it, right? I mean, right. Jesus prays for for the cup. If if there is another way, let this cup pass for me. It didn't, so there is no other way. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And so that 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 just shows how much God hates sin, but it also shows how much He loves sinners. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You brought out John three sixteen. If you just to, uh, it's a much deeper verse. It's been diluted, maybe, because of the repetition. Whosoever, Jay. Yeah. It's all about whosoever. But if, to, to meditate on it from the angle of God's love is, is why the sending happened, mm-hmm. and into the world, into the, the dark, messed up, um, sinful world, which is polluted, you know, uh, to send into that mm-hmm. is... Unbelievable! Like we into it and for it, right? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, Why? Like God, there's God doesn't need this world. He doesn't need any of us. He's already perfectly happy in Himself, and yeah, it's it's um, it's you can't explain it uh, other than to say what has already been said by God about it. Um, We certainly would never do it. You know, there's no way. We would never do that because uh, we're not we're nothing like God. Yeah, so. right. Yeah. And so every so as as far as um, the experiential aspect of this, the love of God, not simply to not doubt it, but how do I draw upon it? Well, every withdrawal you make from the treasury of Christ then is a communion 
in the Father's love. Mm-hmm. So as you're taking every one of those benefits that are presented as yours in Christ by the Word, and you're you're believing that, rejoicing in it, walking in it, mm. you are then communing, in communing with Christ, communing in the Father's love. Mm. And uh, and just back to the the Father as the uh, the original authority in this. Thomas Manton wrote, Christ did not merit electing love, but rather love moved God to give Christ for sinners. Love appointed the Son to be our Redeemer. There was the bosom and bottom cause. Uh, I think that's a way we often misrepresent John 3.16, as we think mm-hmm. of the cross as causing the Father's love, right? rather than the Father's love being the cause of the cross. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said moved, and all the all the Theo bros are tripping out right now. <laughs> God's not moved. Yeah, but it's in and of himself. That's that's yeah. what I was going to specify for them, so they don't freak out and have a car crash if they're listening. Yeah, yeah. moved by his own self. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, that eternally right. we were beloved in the beloved uh-huh. before the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is difficult for people, though, George or Josh. Hey, it's difficult for me too, Jay. (laughs) What what would you say, though, to somebody like uh, I had a good father, Mm -hmm. right? And um, I was just talking to someone about uh, we were talking biblical masculinity. I said that there's these set of traits they try to brainwash you with when you first go into the military. It's according to the acronym of leadership: Mm -hmm. loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, personal courage. I said. All that is is what they've done is they've just stolen what it is to be a man that wow. has God designed, um, and that's my that's I w- I wasn't introduced to those by them, so I was like, oh, these describe my dad. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I have a good father, so I can. It's easy for me to grasp and hold on to this and say, oh, it's the love of the father. Oh yeah, that's that's I have a illustration mm-hmm. that I grew up with, and I still have. Yeah. There are a lot of people that don't have that. So how do you communicate to them and help them to move beyond their um, experience, their bad experience Mm -hmm. that they've had? Whenever you talked about uh, EFS in your previous, Mm -hmm. uh, on on your sermon, and you talked about reading, we're reading the economic trinity backwards Mm -hmm. into the ontological trinity. We do the same thing with reading fatherhood on an earthly plane, mm. up mm. into, and, mm. and instead of Ephesians, is it three, uh, that uh, the father from whom every family on earth is named, mm-hmm. fatherhood gets read down. Right. These are analogies, and the reason, here's there's the best thing, I think. I think I stole this from Sproul. The reason why it stings so bad when there's father failure is because it's meant to mean so much. Mm. So that pain testifies to the greatness and goodness of your father. Like all that hurt, all that wound speaks to they were not bearing up to the image of the Father in heaven. That's why it hurts. Mm. So everything, let all that pain testify to you of of everything that was absent but is found perfectly in your heavenly Father. I think it was in uh, Michael Reeves' book maybe about it and say... um, Fathers, we called them fathers, like we are fathers because there already is a father. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not, we don't call God father because we're fathers and we're mm-hmm. trying to have a word to help us understand him. Yeah. He says it's the other way. Mm-hmm. There are fathers because there was eternally a father. Yeah. And so every failure of a human father is a, is a failure on our part to be as God intended, mm-hmm. as he is in himself. Mm-hmm. It's a big responsibility for fathers to think, in a way, I'm communicating to my children the nature of God. Mm-hmm. I don't like to think about that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I... Let's fall, talk about something else, Jake. I fall, I fall way, way, way yeah. short. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And, and then I think, you know, as we've been teasing it out, how, how do you get this correct perception of the father? Well, he gave his son... Mm. And it's not only in the giving of a son, he, he gives the Spirit. Right. Uh, 
<laughs> can there can you give two greater gifts? And the Spirit is the seal, right? This guarantee of our purchase until the day we come into our full inheritance. Mm. He's given you a son, and the Spirit comes as the seal of all that purchased treasury that Christ has. It's yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was also thinking about Romans chapter 5, um, verse 5 where uh, it says, hope does not put to shame because the love of God mm. has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given to us. Yeah. So we we have not just the Son, we have the Spirit, mm-hmm. and the Spirit is applying this love to our hearts. See, there you uh, go transitioning again so well. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've got to be on the lookout. I, 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 I tr- I'm trying to master, the, I'm trying to master the, the art of transitions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the glorious thing that happened in meditating on this text was seeing again and again how communing with one of these persons distinctly in this means communing with the Trinity. Mm -hmm. And so the love of God being poured into our heart by the Spirit's work and ministry to us, what's He ministering to us that's telling us of the love of God? Mm. Christ. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, we've got the fellowship of of the Holy Spirit, and you said that's kind of a redundancy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So walk us through that a little bit. Have communion with the Spirit in His communion, right. or fellowship with the Spirit in His fellowship. And mm-hmm. the first place I looked at, and, and so let's go back to Owen's words, immediate efficacy. I think you begin to sense why he used that word. There's, there's a fellowship that you have with the Holy Spirit that is the best way to describe it, fellowship. There's an immediacy to it, and there's there's an efficacy, there's a power to his communion with you. Uh, but the first way I began to think about it was those two phrases that uh, Paul uses of uh, concerning the Spirit's ministry to us, his work with us. And so in Ephesians 4.30, he says, don't grieve the Spirit. And then in Thessalonians, Thessalonians he says, don't quench the Spirit, First mm-hmm. Thessalonians 5. So don't grieve the Spirit, don't quench the Spirit. Don't, don't grieve really begins to take on connotations of personal uh, fellowship, of um, relational, it has a mm-hmm. relational kind of connotation. Mm-hmm. And not quenching the Spirit, and the context makes it clear there as well, has a ministerial bent to it. Right. So don't, don't, uh, don't, Grieve the Spirit. And the way it really plays out there in Ephesians is by your interactions in the body, mm-hmm. by your relationships to others, don't grieve your relationship to the Spirit who indwells you. And then as the Spirit works in you, through you, in among others, in His body, in His fellowship, don't quench the Spirit's work. But like I was saying earlier, the clearest light to me comes again and again in all these instances, not whenever we just focus on the Spirit Himself, but whenever we look at uh, look at uh, this in light of the other persons of the Trinity. And so then you go to you know Romans 5, uh, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, that the way you have communion, fellowship with the Spirit, is as He is ministering Christ to you, testifying of the Father's love. And it, it, so just carry it all around now. You have this communion with Christ, drawing from this purchased treasury, which tells you of the Father's love, and the way that's all communicated to you is by the ministry of the Spirit. Or the way you know the Father's love is as the Spirit is communicating to you this treasury that's yours in Christ, the Christ who He gave. Mm. And so, um, was it Gregory of Nazianzus who said, uh, yes, I I cannot think about the one without being instantly surrounded by the splendor of the three, nor can I discern the three without being immediately drawn back to the one. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I don't know if we want to go there yet, but... It, it was one reason why it was so good to follow your presentation and, and have already unpacked to some degree the um, perichoresis or coherence, the mutual indwelling mm-hmm. of the persons of the mm-hmm. Trinity, that when we're indwelt by the Spirit, we're indwelt by our triune God. Mm. Uh, 
they share the divine essence. It's not as if the spirit could just run off. Right. <laughs> and that's, um, I think that is a, a really big um, paradigm shift for modern American evangelicals because we have boiled down salvation to ask Jesus into your heart. Mm. Right. Right. Um, and this idea that where one is, all of them are, it, that was never communicated <laughs> that I know of growing up. Um, it, it wasn't until really the last couple of years that I really started to, to it was, it was as Jay was going through um, the, the, uh, the, that long, that final discourse in John mm -hmm. and dealing with um, the coming of the spirit that I really started to think about this more that it's it's not you can't you can't divide them mm -hmm. the spirit's not in one place and the son's in another place and the father's in another place yeah. and they they just I, I like how you said that they they don't play tag <laughs> right right uh, yeah you're on <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, they're they're all there in all of their fullness yeah, yeah. Right. this you know this is why singing songs is important and influential mm. um it affects people's theology and their view of God. So, mm. what's that one song? Holy Spirit, uh, you're welcome here. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. that song. Yeah. Um, that Josh song. Josh sings it all the time at his who's, church. Who is, that, who is that by? <laughs> I can't remember who that's by. Is it I know Hill, the song? Is it a Hillsong song or a Bethel song? I don't know. Uh, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here, and come flood this place and fill yeah. the atmosphere. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, I think that. Uh, I think it's Bethel. It's all all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> because it, you know when the church get when the people gather as the church yeah. like they're the their god is mm -hmm. all all of god father son and spirit are already there mm -hmm. as we gather and i mean this that song just throws out all of the illustrations that were given mm -hmm. about the that we are the building of god mm -hmm. christ being the, the chief corner yeah. um just toss them out mm -hmm. like and it, and so people get to that because they've been taught it through a variety of ways, one of which is the music and the songs that we sing. Mm -hmm. So it's a profound truth to begin to understand. To be indwelled by the Spirit is to be indwelled by the entire Trinity, mm -hmm. uh, the mutual indwelling of all, and you can't, as this uh, guy said, whoever he is, you can't even begin to think about one without the other. Yes. Um, and then you introduced to us um, something I didn't get to talk about in my sermon was that every time one works, yeah. they all work, the inseparable operations. Yes. So can you talk about that? That'll be new to a lot of people. Yeah. So um, talking about chopping them up mm -hmm. and thinking of them playing tag, Right. We, we understand the Trinitarian shape of our redemption a lot of times, and we'll speak of the Father planning our redemption, the Son accomplishing our redemption, the Spirit applying our redemption, mm -hmm. and that's absolutely right. There is a way in which they, are, each person of this Trinity is distinctly revealed mm -hmm. in these. Right. That's good. But it gives too much of this idea of gaps. Mm -hmm. And the clearest place, of course, is to go to see this is the cross. Mm -hmm. And so as the Son is offering himself up, the Father, in that same instance, is acting, it's the same work, it is a single work of redemption. The Father is simultaneously pouring out his wrath for sin on the Son, mm -hmm. and being pleased by the Son. Mm. And the Spirit is there anointing, empowering, strengthening the Son. I think we, we've made too little of what the Spirit and his work in the cross mm -hmm. to strengthen the son to suffer the father's wrath. I, I think that's maybe a failure of us properly understanding the incarnation. Mm. Like he's he is fully man. He's mm. he's truly a man, um, and as a man, he is filled with the spirit. He's yes. empowered by the spirit. So every time you see the humanity mm -hmm. acting in such. How how can a man say the things Christ said as he hangs on the cross? Right. Well, yes, he is the God-man, mm -hmm. but there's a spirit-anointed ministry for him to be responding as a right. man mm -hmm. to all of those. That's what it means for him to be Israel's Messiah, is yes. he has to be filled with the Spirit, mm -hmm. right? That's yeah. uh, what, Isaiah 49, 1, maybe? Somewhere around there. 
It's in there somewhere, Josh. <laughs> I'm sure of it. You can just quote the Old Testament like the disciples. Yeah, it's in there somewhere. As it was said in Isaiah. It said it, it was it was written somewhere. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um well I think it's also the resurrection. I mean the, yes. the the question who who raised Jesus from the dead because the New Testament the apostles say that he was raised by the spirit. He was raised by the Father. He you know, he he mm-hmm. raised himself. Yes. yes. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. It's, it's it's all it's it's all three persons of the Trinity mm-hmm. working together. Yeah. So it brings us back to where we were. Whenever any one of them, they're, they're, this communion is a kind of work. You're receiving from the Son or receiving from the Father, receiving from the Spirit, but their works are indivisible. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you're communing in the Son's love, or in the Son's gr- the grace that's in the Son, you're communing in the Father's love, mm. and the Spirit is the one who immediately and eff- efficaciously mm. is doing that ministry. Right. And it really ties into other things. We're not meant to talk about the doctrine of the atonement, but mm. if, if if this is true, and I think it is obvious that it is true, that you can't separate the members of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit applies the work of Christ to all of his people. Mm-hmm. If that were not the case, then you would have division yes. right. among the Trinity. There would be gaps. Right. And so that can't be, or it's a it's a denial of the very essence of who God is mm-hmm. at His very most fundamental part of who He is, His essence. It split it all apart. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So Christ says, "Whatever I see the Father doing, mm. I do." Right. Uh, he's there's <laughs> they're never working. One of them's not idle while the other <laughs> right is working, mm-hmm. and. There's just a richness. The Spirit's not waiting for Pentecost for him to be tagged in. No. Well, whenever Jesus says that, he's saying yeah. it as the Christ uh-huh, right. again. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. And and even in their in their work as as one, there's still distinctions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That that's the uh, that's the other side, right? We have to yes. we have to remain biblical, yes. which is to be balanced because. When Christ is on the cross, it's the Son who dies. Yes. It's not the Father who dies. It's not the Spirit who dies. It's the Son. Right? So in the same way that thinking about the uh, ontological trinity, we would talk about personal properties or origins of relation mm-hmm. being what distinguish the Father from the Son from the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, we have this indivisible work, Father, Son, and Spirit to redeem man, but we the word we use now in the economic trinities, we have divine appropriations. And because of those eternal relations, it was fitting that as this particular work of redemption is is planned out for the Son to be the one who offers himself up to redeem man. And it's fitting that since the Spirit is the one who is spirated, that then he would be the one who applies that redemption to us. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yes, there's... Uh, we it's it, the same way that whenever we talk about the Trinity, we need to be careful to maintain unity and distinction. So when we talk about his work, there's a there's a unity to that work. It's indivisible, and there's distinction. There's appropriations mm-hmm. according to the persons. Yeah. yeah, awesome, good stuff. Yeah. Well, this is this is um, deep theology. Um, I think you said before your conclusion, we're diving into the. <laughs> <laughs> the deep parts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially the fact that um, people go to church, you know, week after week, and they never <clears throat> hear anything like this, mm. right? Yeah, um, and they you go to you know a Christian bookstore, and you don't find you don't find John Owen. Uh, he's not flying off the no. shelf. <laughs> right. Is he is he even in there? Yeah. Pro- probably not. Probably not. I, yeah. I would say if anyone's listening, uh Justin Taylor and Capic. Is it Kelly Capic? Is that his name? Um they have a there's a, there, there's a there's a paperback version published by Crossway where they edited it, added headings. There's I don't know if it's footnotes or endnotes. I can't oh, remember. Oh, Josh! But, but it's it's teased out to yeah. make it. It's not. It's still heavy. Uh, uh-huh. Heavy going. Oh yeah. But it's much more readable and and it's a make a slow digest of it. It's well worth the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so let's uh, 
since this is like weighty and heavy theology, I'm the uh, I'm the guy who's driving home from. I just laid tile all day long, and I'm driving home at six thirty. Wife's getting the kids ready for dinner. Dinner's about to be on the table, but I'm driving home, getting ready to go home. Enter that environment, you know, mm. which is not restful. Yeah, don't know what's right. <laughs> what's so happen. the to the man driving home, and then you know we could do likewise to the woman who's waiting for her husband to get home, been dealing with the kids all day and mm-hmm. cooking dinner. And how do we apply? How's it applied? I think I would. Say you're driving home, and you're thinking, I don't have anything else left in the tank. I need. And rather than just thinking abstractly, like I need the Spirit to help me do this, you're thinking more of, I have been given every spiritual blessing in Christ. All that I need for life and godliness is there for me to draw on. The Father's given me the Son uh, and the Spirit. I don't need to doubt God's goodness in this moment. And just to admit your need and confession and brokenness and say, I need to draw upon all that's there in Christ... Uh, begin to think of of instances where you see those promises mm-hmm. to carry you through there, and uh, and say, I need to walk. I, I need to have the fellowship of the Holy Spirit to actually go into this atmosphere right now. That, that's just a way to. Do you do you think there is a weakness in modern Reformed theology that prevents people from having an experiential relationship with God? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is something I think that. Did not uh, was not a problem for the early Reformed mm-hmm. or the Puritans. No, it seems to me, but seems to be more of a modern thing—a reaction to charismatic uh, theology, maybe mm-hmm. that um, we don't know much of the experiential reality mm-hmm. of being a Christian. Mm-hmm. So maybe people don't feel that they're able to pray like that and try try to or expect to receive something real mm-hmm. as they're driving home. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. There's a kind of stoicism that mm-hmm. comes in that, mm-hmm. uh, uh, almost like a Norse uh, uh, kind of disposition to uh, just resolute and persevere. Uh, Be careful how you talk about Jay's yeah, descendants. But yeah, yeah, there's, <laughs> what it really says is there's you're trying to derive strength from yourself. Right. That kind of moment. I have this kind of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you don't need... The knowledge of Christ is good. You need, but but you know Christ so that you can draw from that treasury, mm-hmm. not so that you can try to, you know. Well, it goes back to where you work work this out on your own. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so, people, I think, because of texts like this, you can sp- you can pray and expect to be ministered to by God, mm-hmm. right? Now, the difficult part comes, I think, when there's times of testing. Yeah. When you are asking and it seems like you're not receiving. Yeah. And that's that's a difficult time of, of of testing. But it's almost like, you know, if you're if you're making a a warrior, there comes times where they've got to be tested. Does that speak to our um our fault in that we don't sing the Psalms anymore? Maybe so. That we don't understand that expressing longing and lament is an act of worship. Mm-hmm. That there actually is uh, we there is a comfort that the saints should take whenever God's presence is withdrawn that you long for it. That's mm. a way He's presence present in His absent with us. Mm. The Holy Spirit is is teaching us you need you need me near. Right. So the oddness is He's near in our perception of His of His being distant. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah. Why He's, are you so so far <clears throat> from me? Mm-hmm. Those are. Words from the Bible. Yes. Yeah. Not that he is, but that you have mm-hmm. that. That's your experience. That's what you are feeling. Well, that that gets with. That's what Paul is wanting. He wants this to be with us. Mm-hmm. It's it's already true experientially. This is all ours. But to enjoy it, mm. to to be cognizant of it, is a different matter. Yeah. Well, we can understand why we could have this and not enjoy, because we do this with our own spouses. Yes. You know, I look at my wife and I say, this is a great woman, and I don't, and then I enjoy her fellowship, and, but I don't always, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, she's there. She's not changed. Yeah. 
So whose fault is that for not enjoying the gifts that mm-hmm. God has given? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So of course we do it with God. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, is it time to shut it down? We got to find a place somewhere to shut it down. You got any, you got any final uh, things no. to, to leave no. us with, Josh? It was a great no. sermon. Do you want to it do the good. send-off? It was really good. No. <laughs> <laughs> you see how he no? just tries yeah. to pawn that off yeah. to somebody else? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. Thanks for listening today. Hope this has been a blessing. Thanks, Josh, for coming out. Hope you'll come out My again. Uh, it's yeah. always fun. and. Always enjoy hearing you preach. So you'll want to go on Christ-Centered.Church and hear the actual sermon. Great sermon. I wish we had it on video so everybody could see your motions and all that. That's uh, right. Yeah. It was good. So if this is beneficial podcast for you, please like, subscribe, share, maybe write us a review, pass it along to your friends. It's our hope that this and everything that we do helps you to become more conformed to Christ. See you next week.